Right. So anyway. So. All right, you guys don't have to start out like that. Come on, it's just <laughs> that's my that's my line. It's my favorite bit. All right, though. so let's let's start again. Shh, shh. All right, go ahead. Right. So so. <laughs> wow. <laughs> really, two strong starts. To, you know, to I'm episode on a roll. 107. I already know I'm on a roll. So, welcome, welcome everyone to AM and the PM. Episode one hundred and seven, because we've Has definitely it been that many. we <laughs> we have definitely done one hundred and seven episodes. Yeah, you know, we just record as many as we can throughout a day, and then we just pick the best ones. Yep, yep. Just hoping to God that you know it takes a lot of, of time to really just you know comb through all of the episodes that we create. You know, to have like. You know, currently six really good episodes out of the 106 that we've recorded. I mean, that's it takes a lot of time and effort. You know, it, it should be noticed. Quote unquote good. Right. Not not great. Not <laughs> they are tremendous. Right. I mean, they, they are. I, I believe it. A couple of them are. A couple of them are really good. Like, And most of them are really bad. <laughs> Yeah, like so two. we're going to spend the first few moments of our podcast, listeners, uh, kicking our own podcast in the balls. That's right. As any reputable podcast group does. Any any of the ones that I listen to, they basically go, I don't know why people still listen to us. Like, right? this, this is horrible. You see, if someone says that, I, that's when I start to question it myself. I'm like, you know what? You're right. Exactly. <laughs> But do you still subscribe? Do you still listen? No. Oh, oh. oh. you're a better man than I am, because <laughs> I still listen to about the same two or three. So we're at a point where we're gonna be like, well, I don't know why people would start listening to us, because, you know, why would you? What what could I'll be tell possibly you why? Because we had a great first episode, which was the Interstellar and the uh, social questions around it, and then after that we talked about what. Halloween uh, movies, and then after that we talked about paranormal, and then after that we talked about food. I don't know. We have good good material. I don't know what you guys are on about. You know, you're just not criticizing yourself enough. Exactly. I really criticize cynical. myself plenty. You have no idea. <laughs> you gotta. Every time so I cynical. listen back, I think my voice sounds annoying. Man, my laugh is awful. So. <laughs> Fair enough. What, what are all those nods for? <laughs> Hold on. I, I'm talking about... <laughs> Hold on. That is what I hear in my voice. And I'm just like, is there any way to, that I can just mute my mic and listen well, to this podcast? Invest in a cough button because I've actually looked them up. A cough button? Yeah. And it stops recording. It no mutes way. your microphone just in case you have to clear your throat or something. Oh, that's cool. You never heard of that before? I, I mean, no, but that, that kind of makes sense. Rather take the fraction of a second to turn my head and cough or just cough directly into the mic like <sighs> might as well don't that's just, that's the last thing that any of our listeners want to hear put the entire microphone condenser inside of your mouth and then cough you know just all the way you can you can do it marcus i'm sure i know he oh. can his mouth is big enough <laughs> hey <laughs> but i'm <sighs> i don't I don't know why I keep coming back here. I don't know either. You you voluntarily come here to record an episode. I 
I don't yeah, know where, why either. Where Philip just Ollie, if this is what it's like to be you, just to be constantly like belittled and put down by Philip all the time, and I I don't want to do this. I don't I don't want to be you. But you know what? Good on you for having the strength and resilience <laughs> to you know, keep being his friend. I don't. I really can't blame <laughs> you there. I really can't blame you. <laughs> so what? What are we actually going to talk about today, guys? We have a, we have some sort of agenda, right? Well, first off, we're going to introduce ourselves. Oh. Okay. Well, if everyone was confused <laughs> or didn't know, my name is. Sir Richard Branson. I am the founder Esquire and creator. Esquire I am the creator of Facebook, not Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg, he he's just, you know... The figurehead. He's a puppet. You know, it's really me, Sir Richard Branson. I, I did everything. I created Tesla. I created Apple. I created everything in this whole world. So yes, that is me. And you are... Eugene Wiggins. Oh, Eugene, nice to have you on the show. Thank yeah, you for yeah. coming. You, you know, uh, Marcus couldn't come in today, so he was he he asked me if I could come in, and I said, you know what, I don't have anything to do but to make money today, so I guess I'll I guess I'll join a join a podcast. Well, that is just so swell of you. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, thanks. I'm sure our our listeners will appreciate it as well. Oh yeah, and you are. The person that's being mocked right now. <laughs> oh, hey, person that's being mocked right now. <laughs> wow, Dang. really made that joke. No, we are we are joined by the one, the only, Sir Philip, and Sir Philip. I like yeah, that. Yeah, Sir Philip. Wow, so you were knighted. Mm-hmm. When did that happen? Is that recent? Uh, yesterday, actually. Oh, that's cool. I met the Queen. She was very pleasant. You flew back all the way. After your knighting ceremony here, back to Ohio? I did. I had to tell everyone about it. There are social media platforms for that, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Knights do not use Twitter. We well, slay dragons, wanna, buddy. Want to bet about that? We slay dragons and rescue princesses. You know, Mr. Eugene and Wiggins over here. The, the, the rewards. About to fact about check. To, yep, he is about, about to, to fact, fact check, check that. <laughs> How many times Elton John or, or Paul McCartney has used uh, He's going to get on uh, askjeeves.com. Like those, are two, those are two knights right there. You know there what? Let's, let's kick this off with some uh, Microsoft Edge. There you go. There you go, because Microsoft Edge... Uh, if you're listening, Microsoft, we would love to have you as a sponsor. But Microsoft Edge, you know, it is the best search platform website. Yeah, what is what is it like? Five hundred times faster than Firefox and, oh, yeah. and Chrome, and yeah. uses about a thousand percent less RAM. Speaking of things that are better, um, Windows Vista. Hey, if you guys haven't heard, Windows yeah. Vista just dropped. It's, Windows Vista Premium. Mm-hmm. It's great. Not even better. business or enterprise. It's Premium. way better than Windows 10 or 7 or XP for that matter. Or 8.1. Hey, nothing beats XP. That's true. XP is king. Might as well just drop it down to Windows 2000. I mean, if well, you you're want. being ridiculous now. Yeah, that's that's a little too far. XP <sighs> is like a hard stop, you know. Yeah, Elton John has a Twitter. Um, <laughs> Are we back on this? <laughs> yeah, we, we took a slight detour, <laughs> and yeah, he 
eltonjohn.com. That is his Twitter handle. And he also probably still uses Windows 95. Guaranteed. Oh, Guaranteed. I can only hope so. Or or he's he's now, you know, trying to be part of uh, the 21st century. He has now, you know, upgraded to Windows 8.1, the tablet edition, because he's rocking one of those first-gen surfaces. Can only run the tablet edition of Windows. I'm pretty sure Elton John probably uses DOS. Uh, maybe. He could, yeah, that's or a possibility. <laughs> oh, God. Why did we... Why did we go off on this tangent? I don't even know. It's what it's what we do. Yeah, I mean, and I I just had to go off on it. Mark, yeah. Fair Eugene, enough. let's get it right. Oh, I'm sorry. Jeez. A man named Eugene Wiggins. <laughs> <laughs> so, what we're actually supposed to be talking about today is right to repair. Now, you may be asking yourself, what in tarnation is right to repair? And why should I care about this? And why should you care about it? Well, I will tell you. I will tell you why right to repair is important. Once Sir Eugene Wiggins is done dragging his fucking cup of monster across the table. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) Okay. Right to repair is basically a piece of legislation that is introduced to several different states and it allows each state to kind of mandate how devices are repaired and how like repair services are handled with each manufacturer basically um but what i what i can tell you about right to repair is that it is important for the consumer because being a consumer when you're purchasing a device you the expectation is that you have the ability to service that device however you please whether it is through a third party through a first party or if you want to just do it yourself I think as a consumer you should be allowed to do that and there are a lot of places and companies that do not let you do that right now. So that is why this legislation is important. It is to protect the consumer. And there's a lot of pushback from manufacturers on this right now. It's kind of been a hot topic in the repair industry. So that's why it's important to me. So are you Um, talking about just normal, everyday consumer, unlike the three of us who have a background or have experience with with repairing devices whether they be laptops tablets phones so you're talking about joe schmo going buying a buying a regular old laptop the laptop craps out for whatever reason and he goes i want to go to micro center i want to go to uh what's that owa what is what is that site that you use oh owc yeah owc yeah I'm going to order this. I'm going to order this RAM. I'm going to order this processor because that's the part that crapped out and I'm and I'm going to do it. Not Correct. not taking it to you Ollie who has who has an actual business fixing this or or like any one of the phone shops or laptop shops 
that that have sprung up within the last five to seven years because it's so quote-unquote easy to fix it so you're talking about them not not us or somebody who goes out and and takes the certification test for like lenovo or dell replacements yeah so you're exactly right so this this is more geared towards the everyday consumer like you said the joe schmo that walks into best buy he speaks to a salesperson there he buys a laptop and then a year down the down the road when his his one year manufacturing warranty expires if his processor fails or if a internal component that is not a basic component like cpu hard drive ram um, if that fails then that consumer should be allowed access to have schematics and repair uh, like kind of like repair documentation to help him facilitate that repair whether he chooses to, to do it himself or whether he chooses to take it to a third-party shop um, but that's not it so it also this right to repair legislation covers the idea that you have a device that is in warranty um, and you choose to update the like the RAM on a device that is still within the manufacturer warranty, if something else happens during that time after you've repaired it, uh, this type of legislation would protect you as a consumer to to still obtain manufacturer service on and that, that de- warranty without correct. So so take it like for me, I have two two RAM sticks that aren't manufacturer RAM yeah. that aren't manufacturer RAM. So what's stopping me as a consumer just like holding onto that stick of RAM and then just going like, hey, this processor blew out and send it back to the manufacturer? You can do that. So, and a lot of that uh, is in place right now. So a lot of manufacturers will say, okay, if you swap the RAM, that's fine. You are allowed to change RAM as you please. But if you do want to do some sort of warranty work, we request that the original RAM be put back in place. Otherwise, your warranty will become void. There are other manufacturers that flat out will say, if you've opened up the bottom cover, your warranty is voided, we are not going to touch it. And that's it. So it kind of just depends on which manufacturer you're dealing with. Um, So let's talk about Apple, for example. If you change the RAM... possibly the biggest, like what naysayers about it not naysayers but yeah the the biggest opposition to this legislature yeah they are by far the biggest opposition they also have a surprisingly large consumer base here in the united states and what that means is this manufacturer specifically they they basically do everything in their power to to stop the repair of a device. So if you purchase a MacBook Pro and you want to upgrade the RAM, well, chances are that all of the new MacBook Pros that are being sold in today's market have soldered on RAM, which means that it is a permanent component on the motherboard itself. So you cannot actually replace the RAM without replacing your entire motherboard. Interesting. Yes. So if your RAM fails for any reason, it automatically means that you have to replace the entire board. 
and the entire board usually costs about three quarters the price of the device because it would just be cheaper and easier well not necessarily cheaper but cheaper for apple to just give you a new device and a whole lot easier for apple to be like uh we don't really want to do that we'll just just buy a new one yeah Just, just here you go yeah exactly and that's that's the type of repair model that they're working with. If you walk into a store, an Apple store, and you tell them that, hey, this machine has a few set of problems, like the display is bad and the motherboard is not responding, they will just, they will kind of structure the repair in a way that um, kind of makes you consider purchasing a completely new device rather than getting your device repaired. They will get it very close to the price of a new machine. And then when you get that sticker shock, they're like, oh, well, you know, it's going to cost you $1,700 to repair this. They'll say, oh, well, you know, we have a MacBook that's $1,200 MSRP. So just go buy that instead. Instead of spending the $1,700 on your machine, they're saying, go buy a new one. Because that's, that's how little they care about the repair and, and not even for just MacBooks or iMacs. Like I've had, I've had it a couple of times where I've had like water damage or I've had a, a shattered screen on my phone, and I've taken it to Apple, and they're like, "Look, this is about a three hundred dollar repair, and also we found all of this stuff going on, like the the battery is slightly inflated," and I'm just like, "Whoa, I didn't." I didn't tell you all that. I know that my I know that my battery isn't isn't like perfect. I just wanted you to fix the screen. And so they ended up like the entire repair was like four hundred dollars. Yeah. Which it sounds is, like a car dealership repair shop. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and it's just like, no, just fix the screen. Like I'm alright with that. And they're like, oh well we've already started to like work on it. We've already replaced the battery and everything. And I'm like, and I didn't tell you to do all that. Just needed you to replace the screen. Exactly. So, and, and then the battery that they ended up giving me also crapped out within two weeks. Yeah. And also, and, and then, so I returned it. And I'm like, look, like it, it turned on for about five minutes, burnt up, and then like would just turn off. And so I was like, look, this... I told you guys that I didn't even want this battery, and this is what it's doing. They tried to charge me another another two hundred dollars mm-hmm. to repair it, and I'm like, "What part of I was in here less than two weeks ago? Do you not understand? Like I told you that I didn't even want this, and so they kept genius. They yeah, they kept trying to push it on me, and they were like, "It's three hundred dollars. It's like two or three hundred dollars," and I'm like, "Look." Give me my phone back. And and then I made a big old sink about it. And I was like, if this is the way that you guys are going to treat me, somebody who's been an Apple user for about like four or five years, and I know that I haven't bought like all of, the, all of the Apple products, but I was like, I'll just go to Galaxy and anybody that is even thinking of getting an iPhone, I'll tell them about this. Right. And then, just like that, they were like, oh, no, you were right. Yeah, you you were here. Uh, I, I remember you. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, mm. how funny. Suddenly your memory was jogged. Yeah. Exactly. And so they went and 
like they uh, like they were like, oh look, look, I'm pulling a a brand new battery out. Look, look, yep, I'm I'm repairing it now. And it's like, oh well, if this was the hassle that I was going through, I'd just find some somebody else and just had them fix it. It's it's so what you explained. It is so common, and it's practically highway robbery because. Apple knows what it costs to fix phones and and whatever other products they need to fix. They also happen to know, because they are the manufacturer, they know the ways to repair a motherboard at the board level and do micro-soldering. They know how to do all of that. So if you take a machine in that's got water damage, they're not just going to throw it away after they replace it. No, they're They're going to send it out. They're going to trade it out and replace it. They're going to repair it for probably... 20 to 30 dollars in parts and labor and then they're gonna put it in another machine and then reuse it yeah after selling you a 1700 dollars replacement board exactly that's how much they have to pay to get that other board that was quote-unquote bad back out into the market as a replacement right so what you're talking about before when you said uh like ram is actually soldered onto the board is that what you said did i hear you right yeah that's correct okay yeah and it's it doesn't take much to take it out and resolder new RAM in. Well, it is a process. So well, it is a process, but it's something that they can do. Absolutely, yeah. It's instead of fact- just saying, "Up, oh, it's on the board," therefore you can't. We can't do anything about it. Well, like I said, it's right. just easier for them to just switch out the board and then. But they're going to replace it anyway. Exactly. Exactly. They may have to send it out to a, a, you know, a, a portion of their company that specializes in micro soldering, and they may even have a a system of robots that performs the operation of soldering. And, so it's and, possible they can do it. Oh, absolutely. And they're going to do it anyway. They just don't. They just want to have that done, and then sell you another motherboard, even though the one that you had is going to be repaired and put in another machine. That's correct. So, that's so it, correct. it's just replacing it instead of fixing the problem which is going to take like depending on where they're at maybe what two or three business days and ship it overnight and yeah, potentially and have it fixed and then ship it back same day. Well, say day it takes or, a week. Say it's that's a safe assumption, right? A week? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I there mean, are some people that are just willing to just be like, "All right, whatever, I need this now." And that's what it comes down to. It comes down to efficiency and time and and the you know, the customer having a solution now instead of a week later. That would be that would be Apple's way of justifying swapping out a board and then fixing their their board later. Yeah. But basically after so any product that you purchase from Apple as a new product, if you take it back and say they fix it in-house or they give you a complete replacement a whole unit replacement is what they call it um all of those whole unit replacement products are refurbished so you take in a brand new phone that's two weeks old and something catastrophic happens on it and it's covered under warranty your new phone covered under warranty is a used replacement phone and I've and I've seen them pull them out of the drawers, and just like, in just like a regular cardboard mm-hmm. box. 
It's not the retail like, packaging. Nope. They pulled it so out. So they don't replace it with a new phone. Is that what you're telling that me? That is correct. Yeah, it's one that's already been repaired. And then anything that goes in for warranty repair that needs new parts, most of the parts except for, um, what is it, like outer casings and disposable parts like adhesives and things like that, those are also all refurbished parts. So if you're getting a new motherboard in the back of an Apple store, it's a refurbished board, which means that they did send it out to Apple's whatever place they perform these operations at, and then they're taking an existing broken board, fixing it, and then it's going into your new phone for warranty work because that's the cheapest way to do it. Instead of taking a new board that has zero issues, they're taking a board that had issues and it may still continue to have issues in the future. And that's what I've run across many times with people that go into their stores, get warranty work done, and then there's a whole new set of issues that happen after the warranty work is completed. So that's a big issue. Yeah, it, just like I said, it's just it's the same type of thing that I had. Yeah. Um, the availability of parts through Apple is a really kind of a huge issue as well because you can't just so okay i have i have a personal kind of example for this so i went into the apple store the other day because i have a 27 inch imac it's a 2012 model so it is way past its warranty period um and i wanted to purchase the adhesive strips that hold the glass onto an imac and if you're wondering um, you listeners out there, if you're curious about this iMac, just search like iMac adhesive strips or iMac replacement glass. You can see what these adhesive strips do and how they look. It's a very simple piece of 3M adhesive and it, you know, covers the perimeter of the glass. They're only like 20 bucks or, or less. I think Apple sells them for much cheaper. But if you as a consumer walk into the store and you request this part, even if they have it, they will tell you no. Because what they want you to do is they want you to physically bring the machine in and give it to them so they can then inspect it for other errors and then charge you for all of the necessary repairs, regardless of what you ask them to do. Necessary, in quotations. Yeah, exactly. Because there could be something else that's wrong that you don't want fixed, but they're going to fix it anyways and charge you for it. So that's a personal thing that I've experienced where they will just flat out say, no, you can't buy this part or even this, they call it a, what is it? I don't even remember what they called it, but it's like a, you know, cause it's a re, uh, it's not like a reusable, but it's like a disposable part. Yeah. So that's another big issue. And there are a lot of people online like, I'll name some big, some popular people on YouTube, like Linus Tech Tips. He has millions of subscribers. He was doing an unboxing and a teardown of the iMac Pro. It's a prosumer, $5,000 plus machine. Oh, um, the new Space Gray one? Yep, the new Space Gray one. And his team was disassembling it, and then when they reassembled it, they cracked the glass on it, and they fried the motherboard on it. So like any consumer would do, you'd take this machine back to the Apple store and you'd say, hey, can you fix it? And they knew that, excuse me, it's not going to be under warranty. 
because they they physically broke the device. They knew it wasn't going to be under warranty. They were prepared to pay more than what it would cost for a deductible or even just for the parts alone to fix it. But even then, Apple just straight up said, no, we will not repair this device. And that was the end of the story. So they were prepared to pay. They knew it was out of warranty. And Apple refused any type of service to them. Not even selling them the parts or even taking the chance to look at it. Correct. <clears throat> they didn't even want to look at it. And this this became a huge issue. Like, this became a big topic. And this is someone, like, like if you... It's different when you're just, like, refusing to repair someone, just Joe Schmo off the street. But this is someone who has tons of different, like... I mean, he has millions of subscribers. So for him to just, you know, say, for him to be told no, like, that's that's a big deal, you know? Because he, he is immediately going to go back and just tell all of his subscribers, like, this is what Millions happened. Millions of people yeah. who already own Apple products, prob- mostly probably because of him. Exactly. Exactly. But all they could have, like, they could have made it so much easier for themselves if they were just like, you know what, yeah, sure, we'll sell you the parts, we'll perform the repair, but they chose not to. Like, it, it could have been good PR, but it wasn't. It was the exact opposite. It was, like, probably the worst possible scenario that Apple could have put themselves in is what they did with that. And they, they continued for many months to refuse repair until finally, I think, like, three or four months later, they were finally granted the the repair basically and they paid an exorbitant amount of money. I think it was like twenty four or twenty five hundred dollars. Holy cow. So, so f- five times the the amount of the device, right? Well no, it's like half the half oh, the yeah, price. Right, right, right. Yeah, half the price. I, I was f- for some reason thinking twenty five thousand dollars. Oh no no no. No. I don't know why I thought that. <laughs> but still no, it's a lot of money. Like it is. And the parts don't really cost that much. Like not that much. I mean, the the board I think costs like uh, fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred bucks, and then the glass. I don't even know how much the glass costs, but but just the the fact that him as a as a you know a vehicle for for like media influence, like for him to not be able to get the parts and to perform the repair with his team is a big deal. Like it's. It's not fair to the consumers, basically. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, that's that's my take on it. I mean, there's so many other examples. And there are a lot of people who do do the repairs, um, like third-party people, who do a better job than Apple does at their own devices, who produce like much more quality board-level repairs than Apple could ever do. Yet they're constantly getting sued and Apple's constantly trying to give them DMCA takedown notices stating that they can't publish this type of content or even talk about it because that's how stringent Apple is on their repairs. Yeah. So yeah. That's that's my take on it. Like what do you what do you think, Marcus? Like Honestly, I I feel that as long as as long as you don't completely like try to reverse engineer whatever they're doing or I I think it's a repair at your own risk type deal 
like if you're doing something like simple like switching out a hard drive for like an NVMe 2 slot or or just simple as like adding your own network card or or adding in RAM as long as long as you're doing something entry level like that I don't I don't think it should matter I think it should be like within the warranty it's like oh well you know you you mess this up but it's it's all right but if you like start messing with the board at that point like anyone should be like look you knew what you were getting yourself into like depending on the damage we'll repair it but it's not necessarily gonna be free you know sort of like a like how apple has the apple care you know depending on what type of damage it is there's a deductible um and and that's just from the manufacturing standpoint but like you fixed my phone right like as, as a third party you've you've fixed my phone personally and replaced the battery so so i know for a fact that i if i try to take this to apple they're gonna be like Oh, okay, so you're just going to start opening stuff up? All right, well, I'm not going to even service this. Yeah, and that's a, that's what would happen. Like, if you took your phone back into Apple now, and they saw that there were third-party parts used, yeah, they would just close it back up and give it back to you and say, have a nice day, we're never going to touch it again. They're going to log it in their system that this serial number has been modified from a third-party vendor, and you will never be able to take that phone into another Apple store. And you and know get- what? I t- I took I had you fix my phone knowing that risk. Yeah. And and so guess what? Guess I just can't do it anymore. Oh. What are we going to do about it? It would it's it was like what 50 to 60% cheaper to have you fix my phone than to go to Apple. I have an 8 plus. So the I've already had the screen replaced on it once. That was two hundred and forty dollars. Yeah. Plus the battery, plus anything else that they would have found, quote unquote, wrong with it. Mm-hmm. I don't have that kind of money. And most people don't. Yeah. So why would I do? I I might as well go out to Verizon, pay the pay the rest of the phone off, and get a new phone for for that point. At that point. And like, so exactly, you, you hit it. I mean, that is exactly what Apple wants you to do because that is, that is their expectation for the life cycle of the phone. They expect it to be dropped. They expect the the glass to be shattered. It's designed to not be as robust and reliable that way when you do drop it and you do break it and then you get that sticker shock of the price, that's what you're, that's what you're deciding you know, do I save this phone or just go buy a brand new one? Yeah. So I, I see, you know, companies, they, they just need to be a little laissez-faire about it. And it's just like, look, replace at your own risk. You know, you still have this warranty, you know, we'll, we'll fix it if we can. And if not, then, then we'll talk about it whenever we get to that point. Yeah. But they should allow you as a reputable dealer to go out and buy because aren't the like third party adhesive strips that Apple like either sells or or like other people sell aren't those like not even as strong 
yeah. as the manufacturer ones. Yeah, you're right. So all of the third-party parts are just reverse engineered usually or they're not they don't have the same quality control standards that apple uses so yeah so this the strips for example specifically yeah the strips are not as strong as the first party apple ones so sucks so what happens whenever like you know say i have a an imac and i bring it to you and i'm like ollie the screen's broken here you know you know order the parts whatever you have to do fix the screen for me what happens if like the adhesive strips like pull apart do i come to you do i do i go to apple and say hey i had my friend fix this and now my screen's off again well if you came to me first and you agreed to have me fix it then you're agreeing to have a third party fix it which means that apple would not view that as a as a warranty work and they they would reserve the right to to deny you service, but they would most likely have you, you know, pay the full price for a replacement screen since it's not a genuine screen. They'd say, you know, they'd say, they'd find something that's wrong with it, and then they would pay, or they would make you pay full price for the the adhesive strips and the labor that involved that's involved with that, and then you would just you'd have to. That, just that's your eat only the option. Bullet yeah. On that. Exactly. No, but but like I said, they. I guess it's them just looking out for their own interests, you know. Um, you know they they have techs too that are that are getting paid so many so much an hour for all the certifications that they had to do to go out and get it. Like I don't mind if I go to a legitimate storefront. That says, hey, we are an Apple, Lenovo, Dell certified place to to have your stuff repaired. We have a a, a tech who, who fixes all the stuff. You know, we'll try to get it out in the same day, depending on what it is, and all this, that, and the other. I don't mind doing that. That's actually easier for me than to, you know, like with my laptop in Acer, like I'd have to... Contact Acer and be like, hey, what do I have to do with this? Send it out. Wait for them to figure out what's wrong with it. Send them back. It's easier and it's more convenient. Or for Apple, it's easier to me to come to you and say, or or anyone else and say, hey, I need my phone fixed. Instead of going, because it's an all-day thing with Apple. Oh, easily. Or, or much longer. Exactly. Like, even if I have a 10 o'clock appointment, there are more than likely eight or nine different people that already have that appointment and that have already been there yeah. waiting for them to get whatever they're getting. Yeah. Easily. And it's not always first come, first serve because there are like 60 people in the Apple store. Mm-hmm. They probably all have 10 o'clock appointments. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And then nine times out of ten. They probably do triage where they go, all right, this person has a bad screen. Put them at the bottom of the list. That'll be mm-hmm. like an hour or whatever. This one's trying to get a motherboard replacement. Put him at the top of the I list. I guarantee that's what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So 10 o'clock doesn't mean 10 o'clock. It means someone will talk to you briefly at 10 o'clock and then you're just going to have to wait. Yeah. 
There have been Someone multiple will times you. where I've spent at least two hours at an Apple store. Yeah, that's that's nothing. Yeah, Seriously. no, the longest time was six. Jesus. Yeah. You find out a thing. You find things. You run out of things to look at at the mall after after about three hours. Oh, I believe it. About thirty minutes for me. Yeah. <laughs> What are your what are your thoughts on this, Philip? I want to get your opinions. Well, I mean, again, I understand that they're uh, looking after after their interests, but I mean, it's not fair to. I've never dealt with that before. I mean, I haven't had anything go wrong with any of my Apple devices, um, and I'm thankful for that. Based on what I'm hearing coming from you two. Um, now, uh, going back to what I was saying about car repairs, like I, I own a Mini, okay? And I'm thankful that I can go somewhere who is licensed to handle repairs on Minis so I don't have to deal with going to the dealership, which I had been the past couple of years. I don't have to deal with going there, having them find all these different things wrong with it, uh, all these repairs that are probably unnecessary and I've I've told you Ali about some things that they told me and you said uh, just so you know it's impossible for this this and this you know what yeah. they told you yep so yeah I mean like I had uh, like the button on the uh, the gear selector okay like the you know the lever or whatever mm-hmm. that broke okay and I did not take it to the dealership because I'm sure, I guarantee you, I don't know this for a fact, but I feel very safe assuming that they would say you need a whole new gear selector for it. Oh, That's I'm probably sure. what would have happened based on, based on my experience with them. So I took it to this uh, privately owned place who are actually licensed to work on them. And they just replaced the button. They ordered it from BMW. It was there in two days, and they said, here you go, 60 bucks. Bye-bye. Have a nice day. Which it would not have been the case if I took it anywhere else. Oh, no, that's... Especially the manufacturer, that's like, what, a week? I mean, it yeah, would, something like if that. If they so, don't have it in stock, then yeah, it's going to take a really long time for them to acquire well, it. Well, I doubt that they would have that conveniently in stock. I mean... There's probably another dealership around town that would have had it. Maybe. Or you might run into this idea where you you need one specific part, and then no dealership in the U.S. has it, and then you have to try to start asking the manufacturing plants if they have spare parts. Then you'd have to get it shipped from Germany, China, Japan, wherever, wherever it's being built, and then wait for it to actually come in, like through ship or or have it flown in like i've ran into that with my subaru before requesting parts from from a subaru dealership and then they're going like well we can't find it in the u.s you're gonna have to special order it from freaking fuji heavy industries which is their plant so like that's just insane to me like and it does take time and i couldn't imagine having a, a daily driver where i would have to wait and just have it sit in the shop for that one little part. Yeah, and, and, and not only, only that, recourse. but um, 
like I know Chevy, uh, at least Jeff Wilder Chevy has like, oh, okay, your car is going to be in the shop for more than a couple days. We'll give you a loaner car. Just don't wreck it, please. Well, that's only if you bought it from them, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you so either a pre-owned car or a new car from them. Yeah. I mean, you you wouldn't take your your Subaru to to Jeff Wilder and be like, hey. Well, no. You you know. No, but like, even if I bought my Subaru or like if I brought my Subaru to a Subaru dealership in Columbus. They would not give me a loaner car because the Subaru wasn't purchased from them. Yeah. Well, M- Mini is actually good about that because I bought mine from, it's an older model and I, I got mine somewhere else. But I mean, they have no problem with giving me, giving me a free loaner. But I mean, my point for bringing this up is the fact that I actually have the privileged privilege to be able to take it somewhere else. And they have the privilege to be, be able to be licensed to uh do the repairs yeah yeah okay i went in sixty dollars and then out the door i couldn't do that if many were the only people who are able to 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 repair it i would probably have to buy the whole the whole gear selector and i would probably be waiting a week for it yeah so yeah i mean so basically, if I have uh, an Apple product that goes wrong, I don't have that. Uh, I don't have that privilege. No. And that's kind of uh, crappy. Yeah, I agree with you. So, like, is there any progress? Uh, what's the prognosis of uh, reversing this legislation? So there are a lot of states that are working on this type of thing. I know that California has been pretty big on right to repair legislation. Um, I know that there were a few other states who were working on it. I was trying to figure out. There was some attempted legislation from. So it looks like South Dakota, New York, Minnesota, and Massachusetts introduced right to repair legislation in 2014 to 2016 which would require OEMs to provide information and documentation in order to repair their devices but it can extend to the availability of individual parts um, Mm. and things like that and this would apply to all repair shops not just licensed repair shops oh so anyone who opens up a business that just starts one up and it's like, yeah, we do phones, laptops yeah. and okay. Which mm-hmm. basically means it's open to the public. So as it should be if you purchased a device. Yeah. Right. It right. shouldn't be illegal for you to open it and look at it. Cause that based on like what I've seen on the internet, that that's actually a thing, you know, like you, you can't open it because you're looking at like trademarked, material or something like that proprietary software and hardware yeah i mean proprietary yeah proprietary stuff is a whole other conversation i mean like Mm. the okay like the whole software side of it i mean it it is it is part of the same stuff that's going on right to repair right to right to service and all that stuff like 
there is like software that Apple uses that we don't have access to as a consumer in order to calibrate displays and things like that. But I mean, it exists and only Apple is allowed to use it. It's an internal thing. Yeah. Even if you were to acquire the software by other means, it's illegal for you to It's use illegal it. for you to use it. It's illegal for you to to sell it or anything like that. Um Yeah, there's there's a lot of things like that. I mean, even the software to reprogram computers in cars is also pretty locked down heavily. I um, can see that. You can't just can't just plug in a, a computer to your car and just start messing around with it, which for the most part is smart, but there is the side of automotive enthusiasts that do want to have some some sort of fu- like increased functionality with their cars and with their computers. So there definitely are people who would want that. I think I would be one of those people who would want the availability to modify certain parameters of their vehicle or just be able to flash a whole different set of parameters on their vehicle freely. It's not it's not usually easy to do that. They have it extremely locked down. Um but that's that's just something that like is it smart for everyone? No, but you should still have the option to if you so choose. See, what I think they should do is just like slowly do it and go, okay, so we're going to open this up, but only to a certain amount of people who have these qualifications, X, Y, Z. These are like the the master, this is like the master, uh, the master certificate or license or whatever. They can use all, all of this. And then you just break it down and it's like people who have A, B, C, you know, just like, and then just break it down you just water just water it down yeah you could do that you could you could start with a targeted audience and and really figure out like okay do you want you know people who i guess the best way to do it would be to kind of get a feel for your customer base like if you're if you're talking about a performance car and there is a big market for modification you should start with all the companies that are doing modifications on your cars and allow them to you know have access to those types of documentation and software so at that point i i would start looking at like the location of the business um the uh the rating with the bbb yep. you know you have to have a certain amount you have to have like at at least an a i I can't tell you how many businesses I know of that have less than an A plus with the with the triple B, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to have it. You have to maintain this much satisfaction for so many years. If you drop under this, like, or if you have so many of these claims, these negative claims, then you then you lose the right to do that, and you have to requalify or reapply after a certain amount of time. Yeah, I agree with that. That would be a smart way to go about it. Because there, there's just no reason as to why they should be like, all right, you know, we're just going to go ahead and put out all this stuff so that pe- anybody, anybody who knows how to type in anything into a search engine on a computer mm-hmm. to have that access. I agree with that. 
that that does make a lot of sense it would then just i think the the main thing is that manufacturers are scared of exploitation and i get it but at the same time it's you're gonna have that because because there are people that are gonna be like well just not even cars just just in general people are going to exploit it and say let's see how let's see how far we can take this let's see how how what we can do with this correct and you know for the most part that makes things better because the manufacturer goes all right people are doing this we got to figure out a way to to fix it or to limit it or cover it up do something right no it's it's crazy the car world is is insane just how like and it, it does apply this right to repair stuff it does apply for for many different many different avenues of of you know products and i wish that it was easier to obtain you know documentation straight from the manufacturer not have to worry about tr- trying to trust a third party or trying to even trust the the first party vendors and and just i wish everything was a little bit more open source so i guess it comes down to you know winding down cuz this is running a little bit long is my stance on it is you either like if you try to do it as Joe Schmo and uh, Joe Schmo and you purchase all these tools and all this that and the other go ahead but no do it your own risk or go to place uh, go to the repair shops and be like look we as Apple Dell Lenovo HP whatever we will authorize you to be a first party vendor we will we will ship you the stuff that we use in our manufacturer uh, manufacturing plants but you have to have these qualifications you're going to abide by our rules like you you have to have certifications whatever whatever we say in order for you to have our stuff and to sell it that's that's where I am on it. Yeah. Yeah. That that way it gives the power to to the consumer, you know, to do whatever they want with it, and then also people like you, Ollie, who who have this passion for technology and you want to fix stuff because it's easier to go to you than an Apple store or or any other type of manufacturer where we have to ship our stuff out. It's easier and. And we know that we are getting, like, Apple standard, Dell standard, Lenovo, HP. We're getting that type of standard of work. So, that's where I am. Yeah, I agree. I'd rather rather take it to you, Ollie. Because well, thank I know you. there would be love and care, and your heart and soul would go into replacing my screen. <laughs> You know, that's very true. That is something that Apple cannot say. They cannot be like, we're going to take care of your product. No. They're going to be like, oh, it has water damage. Give us $500 or leave. Yeah, no. Like, (laughs) this has never tasted a single drop of water. You want to change that? Not according to Apple. Keep that away from here. But, no, I think I want to... Mango loco. (laughs) want to echo what you said, Marcus. I think that like me owning a repair business 
I know it's like it's not a huge business, but it is something that I do take a lot of give uh, have a lot of passion for, and yeah. So for me, the ability to have manufacturer level information, documentation, and parts is like the smoking gun for repairability, and just the idea that manufacturers should be working hard to make machines more repairable and more durable so that repairs don't have to happen as much that would be a step in the right direction and then it's always good pr right like if you can tell your customer like hey we're not going to charge you an arm and a leg you can fix it or you take it somewhere and you can get it fixed for cheap yeah they're going to keep coming back to you and it's going to be manufacturer grade correct products correct now see hp hp just makes it really hard (laughs) to get into their systems they're starting to make things seamless. They're like with the 840 G4s, G3 and G4, they put those annoying little rubber stoppers in there so they can tell whenever people have started opening up their stuff. Yeah. And, and also, I, still, I still haven't perfected how to replace those properly. Right? I can't. Just sometimes, like, I just leave them out. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I've tried arranging them. <laughs> Yeah, in, the in same a diagram. Spots. I know this goes here. But... Yeah, because they're because they're custom fitted to that specific area. Yeah, and you can't replace the top right with the bottom with the bottom oh, left and no, just and just reverse it. No, <laughs> good lord, no. And it's stuff like that that has to change because it really shouldn't matter if the consumer is opening up their product because they bought it. Yeah, it'd be different to do with that. Thing. It would be different if every single thing we purchased in our lives was just on loan from the manufacturer. Then all of this, all of this stuff that's in place right now would probably make a little bit more sense. Mm-hmm. But no, we we spend our hard-earned money on these products. We should be able to fix them however we please. But we should all we should also be eligible to receive the same quality that the manufacturer has in parts and services. And that's that's what my biggest take is from like from this whole legislation thing is it's important to have this in effect because it protects us as the consumer. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and also, isn't the American dream to like have your own business and watch it grow and and to have people satisfied and want to come back? Because I know like like we 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 don't really plug your business, but I just the amount of satisfaction that I have with you replacing my screen did it in a timely manner. I know because I watched you. Yeah, I, exactly. I was, I was right next you to were you. You right there. Hovering. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "What? what's that? What are you doing? No, like, you were very professional with it. Like, uh, if my screen breaks again, which it probably, which almost happened, actually in the last recent couple days <laughs> like no if, if something breaks i'm not gonna go to apple i'm probably gonna come back to what is it ttg yep ttg repairs yeah that's the business yeah so let me ask you something is it worth it to uh get your phone insured i mean they're I... just gonna if they can't if it's not a simple, easy fix, they're probably just going to pull out a refurbished one and say, all right, here you go. Because I always get my phones fully insured. I, I just don't know if it's worth it or not after having this conversation. I mean, Ollie, what do you think? I would say no, 
because it'd be different if it was a lifetime warranty but you're paying a hundred dollars or a hundred and fifty or two hundred dollars per device for a year and you know depending on the person like they're probably gonna go all right you're two weeks out of your apple care you know sorry about your luck yeah that is or, what they would do. or they'll go you're two weeks out of it uh, and i talked to my boss but we either can't do it or here's like a discounted price so that's how it was in the past with apple warranties and yeah. apple care if you were a few days past your warranty period you could still go in and they would probably honor it but now you could be you could bring it in like one day after your warranty period is over and they would just flat out say no Fantastic. we will not honor the warranty Hmm. <clears throat> and that's so, where they get you. I've actually never broken a single cell phone. So, so that's <laughs> so I don't even know why. That I was my it. next question. Is like, let's let's think about this for a second. The first thing to ask yourself when you're asking, do you want insurance on your device? Is what kind of person are you? Are you the type of person that drops their phone consistently? Are you the type of person that just throws their phone wherever you go and stuff like that? I mean, are you prone to dropping it or no, misusing it? I don't have, have kids, so I don't have exactly. to worry about. So then, so then, no, that would be the, the first deciding factor is if you're not prone to breaking or smashing or dropping things, then you don't really need it. The second thing is, are you, are you capable of researching yourself enough to fix any small issue that may arise in the future? If you think you're capable of doing that, or at least following detailed instructions... You probably don't need insurance because you can just hop onto the iFixit website, go find a guide for whatever issue you're having, and it'll be done. Mm -hmm. So I would say no. I think it's a scam because not only are you paying up front for two or three years of extended warranty, you then have to pay a deductible when you want to use that warranty. So it's and just, also, right. how many it's just times... just like insurance companies, any insurance yeah. company. How many times are you going to go to Apple? You know, I haven't set foot in an Apple right, so store then you have to, yeah. <laughs> ever in my life. Then you have to spend. And I'm time. glad after having this conversation that I never have. So then you have Sounds to spend like the time to actually wait for someone to deal with your your Apple Care warranty and and try to set things up for you. And like Marcus was saying, it takes hours. So it's just like what what's the point? Just yeah, anywhere anywhere from a fourth to a entire third of your day. Well, noted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad also, I asked. I'm glad I asked the question. Also, you as a person who's never been into an Apple store, like why would you why would you pay the 100 to 200 dollars for your device if you're never going to if you're never going to step foot into an Apple store? Or if you haven't. That wasn't a rhetorical question. Well, you can you can activate or you can act upon this warranty that you get, your Apple Care. You can use it like over the phone and stuff, but then that means you have to mail your device in. You're going to be out. Yeah, are you going to do that though? I mean, I don't see, I don't see. The and, point. and then probably like what? So I'm guessing it's ground shipping, going to California or wherever. It might be next day. It might be next day. I'm guessing. I mean, I guess it would just depend. I don't know, because I've never used it. 
Yeah. Like, I'm not the type of person to, well, to buy that stuff. Any, any time that I've had my phones broken, like whether it be Sprint or Verizon, they've said within the next two business days. So I'm assuming that it's next day overnighted or priority probably. AM delivery. But Probably. But still, like if... And, and this is just might be my luck. Anytime that I'm expecting things, two days, if it's the third day or if it's the fourth day and I haven't gotten it, like, because I'm expecting it, it's like, all right, so I'll definitely get this on Tuesday, mm-hmm. Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday comes around and I'm, they're like, we ran into complications. Well, you guys told me two days. So, so like... Especially at the time of being a delivery person, that's money. That's money that I'm yeah, not there, making. There are so many people that rely on their their, whether it's a laptop or a phone, to to make for their business. to make their living. Yes, yeah. and you can't be without you can't be without that for more than a, a day even. Yeah, they're not gonna be like, all right, well, it's not gonna be like an insurance company or Aflac or anything, and be like, well, here's the money for for missing that. Also, yeah. that would be like super small claim court. Uh, super small claims court under a thousand dollars right so anyway without <laughs> getting all up even more into that right yeah i i mean if you're if you're still listening <laughs> i encourage you please like look up right to repair and look up you know the the ways that you can encourage your state legislature to incorporate these types of laws because they are important for everyone and they they benefit they benefit the general public and they there's really no downside other than the manufacturers have to work a little bit harder on making a proper device or making proper service standards for that device that's really the only thing you're doing so i encourage you to go do some research figure out <clears throat> you know, who you can talk to in your state legislature to do this, you know? Yeah. I think it's important. Or if, you know, if if you're on the same side as us and, you know, we we would like the support, uh, or if you think we're wrong and, and you know, want to want to have a conversation about it, email askam and the PM at gmail.com we'll take any and all requests you know complaints that's true we will accept it all opinions yep and if you're especially on this particular episode i mean just you know another another point of view is welcome yeah and if you're apple you know tim cook hello thank you for joining us i love your products just the way that you're running things or have run them not the greatest and now my phone's going to be shut off. Yeah, exactly. Ah, <clears throat> oh, still working. He's, all right. <laughs> they have promoted you know, into listening it yet. through all of our phones. Right. And that and that. He's listening through everything. <laughs> Just in case uh, you guys are wondering, uh, there are about five, five Apple devices <laughs> <laughs> running in here right now. Yep. They're all listening in. <laughs> So, I'll leave so that son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you guys think? Let us know. Um, definitely one of our longer podcasts, but I think this is, you know, the discussion was was needed, and not like we were trying to go on 
uh, hour and a half over a episode about a rubber tire. That's true. At least this has a somewhat more substance than rubber <laughs> did. But thank you for acknowledging that today. <laughs> Look, it only took a week. All right, it only took a week. I still love that movie. That. All right, get off of it. <laughs> well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, as always, you know, thank you for being a listener and. If you want to check out uh, TTG Repairs, that is my phone business, phone repair business, I should say. Um, I'm on Facebook, and I have a website. It's currently being built, so you can't access it yet, but it is ttgrepairs.com. At least you're on Facebook. At least I'm on on Facebook. Um, If you have questions, definitely let us know. Um, And... As always, Cromley.com, Cromley.com for all your political news and and uh, media source. Philip, do you have anything? Are you still writing that book? <laughs> I'm constantly writing something. Um, Philip E. Moody at the uh, Amazon Kindle store. All of these links will be in the description, correct? Yes. Yep. Okay. I'll put them all yeah. in the description. Just in case you don't know how to spell Cromley. <laughs> That's true. And... <laughs> And as a, uh, you know, returning favorites from the one listener that we have. Okay. Uh, the annoying Snickers bar, which is somehow still here, you know, still wrapped up, uneaten, which is a travesty, by the way, because Snickers uh, are delicious. And, yeah, you know, a, you're not you when you're hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm just going to go ahead and keep this because... You're not going to do that. Uh, I will. Oh. Just just because of that, the uh, Annoying Snickers Bar Award this week goes to you, Marcus. Oh, hey, I was already Just for the it. attempt to steal the Snickers that I actually technically did give to you, so it is yours. <laughs> Anybody listening at the beginning of the podcast should understand... The fact that I was the most annoying one, and also during sound check, you know, me constantly moving my mic, you know, messing with the or dragging your monster across the mug, just in case if anyone's listening to this full blast with the, uh, you know, ear earbuds on, enjoy that sound. Well, I think that's it, guys. Um, As always, thank you for listening, and we will catch you in the next one. Peace. See ya. Cheers.